Hey everyone, I'm David Brussel. And I'm Marcus Terran. And this is The Thermal Review, a podcast about sensing, imaging, and automation advancements from the perspective of a couple technology geeks. In each episode, we discuss how the world is changing for cloud-based monitoring, quality assurance, and non-destructive testing. Welcome to The Thermal Review, where we uncover the intricacies of thermal imaging technology. My name is David Brussel. In today's episode, we're diving into the role of input-output devices, or I.O. devices, in creating multi-infrared camera monitoring solutions. From understanding the basics of I.O. devices to exploring their seamless integration with thermal imaging cameras and delving into the history behind groundbreaking innovations like the MobiTherm Mio. This episode promises to be a captivating journey into the heart of thermal imaging technology. So if you're ready to learn how IO devices can revolutionize your thermal imaging experience, stick around as we explore the fascinating world of thermal monitoring solutions. Welcome to my co-host, Mr. Marcus Terran. Marcus, how are you today? I'm great, Dave. How are you? You know, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm coming to you from New Hampshire, the state of New Hampshire, and Marcus is coming to you uh, from our global headquarters in in Irvine, California. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Marcus, you're you're in our brand new offices there in Irvine. Which, uh, if anybody's in the area and wants to come see us, they're amazing. Uh, it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing the new digs. Yeah, the new place turned out fantastic for sure. Yeah, I was long, long time in the making, but it's uh, phenomenal. It's a great feeling to be here for sure. Yeah. Oh, it is. We used to joke that we would call it what cardboard canyon because things would be stacking up in the hallway <laughs> and in the workspace yeah. areas, essentially shipping and receiving <laughs> spilled into the office space. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot, a lot more room here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you, Marcus, for joining us today. Thank you for our audience. We're not here to talk about the new MobiTherm offices. We are here to talk about uh, I.O. devices. And, right. and, and we're going to try to gear the conversation today uh, for both those who are just learning, uh, but we also want to make sure that we're uh, perhaps uh, sharing uh, information to those who are more experienced thermographers. So that's our goal and objective is to make our audience dangerous, as I like to often joke with information uh, around IO devices for thermal imaging. So to, to kick things off, Marcus, perhaps at a very basic level and maybe a little deeper, explain to our office, our audience, what is an IO device? Yeah, that's a, it's a very simple, but yet loaded question on some level, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, an input output device, um, especially, um, you know, from, from the perspective of automation is really the ability to sense something like a switch closure from, from the input side. And from the output side is also a switch closure. It could be a relay output or, or a solid state sort of an output to turn something on, right? And this could be uh, an alarm siren. It could be an indicator light or any number of things that you would like to turn on based on a condition. Okay. You know, and, and I guess we're, we're talking here with respect to thermal imaging, right? But um, that's in, in a nutshell what an IO device really is, right? Okay. So yeah, maybe maybe give us an example of 
where you would use an IO device with a thermal imaging camera. You kind of touched on it, you know, signaling an alarm, but give, maybe give us another example if you could. Right. So there's there's different ways um, of, of applying thermal imaging, right? So let's say the, the maintenance technician is having a handheld camera looking at an electrical panel to see if something gets too warm. Well, that person typically does not have a need for an IO device. They're just looking at a screen, they're measuring a temperature, and the input is uh, the eyes and the human brain making a decision based on what they're reading, right? So yeah. there's really no need for an IO device. Um, but what we do primarily is fixed mount cameras that are monitoring autonomously 24-7. And if there's an alarm condition, there isn't a human sitting there looking at something, making a decision. There is the need for then uh, notifying somebody and say, hey, you, your electrical panel in the same instance is getting too warm. Right. So in an automated fashion, something needs to make a decision. So there's some logic there. And then the, the IO device may turn on a relay that now uh, turns an alarm on or, or a notification on. And, and in, in that sort of an instance, you need that capability. Right. And, and cameras, some cameras come with a limited ability of having uh, input outputs. Some have just outputs. The, the problem I see with that is always, well, okay, the problem is I have to maybe run hundreds of feet of cable because the output resides inside the camera enclosure or camera body. And I really want to have my alarm in my control room and I may be hundreds or thousands of feet away. So it's not really that convenient to have an output directly on the camera, even though mm. it comes as an IO device, certain cameras have that built in. But now I'm stuck with, okay, I have to run hundreds of feet of cables. That's not really that attractive now because it, it adds cost. And then by the time I have uh, hundreds or, you know, or thousands of feet of cable in between, I may degrade my, my signal to a level where I can't use it anymore. I can't, it's too weak now because I'm, I'm because of the resistance of the cable, I cannot turn my relay on anymore. <laughs> and I'll go, uh, you know, in an industrial facility, I'm collecting a lot of noise along the way. So all in all, it's, it's a nice afterthought from camera manufacturers, but um, most of the time, it's not that useful to have it right on camera. <laughs> and I think you're kind of uh, hitting on something here. These well, IO devices used in conjunction with thermal cameras, specifically, you know, we're talking about fixed mounted automation cameras. It needs to be a certain type of automation camera. And our audience, that you, some of you may be aware that it, it seems like these automation cameras come in two flavors. And you'll hear uh, the, the, the terminology streamer or streaming camera. And then you'll hear the terminology smart camera. Marcus, maybe you can explain to our audience, well, maybe at a high level, you know, what's the difference between streaming and smart? And then also what camera type works best with IO devices? Yeah, great question. So a streamer or a streaming camera, really, uh, the, the jargon refers to pixel-by-pixel uh, pixel information being streamed or typically an Ethernet cable back to typically a PC that runs some software that receives these pixel by pixel information and AKA the image stream or the, the thermal video, if you will, and then reconstructs this on the screen for somebody to look at, right? Mm -hmm. Or for a software to process what's going on in the image, right? So that's really a streamer. 
uh, or AKA dumb camera as opposed to being the smart camera. So there's no logic really running on the camera. Um, all the logic um, is, is offloaded to a PC running some piece of software and making all of these decisions, right? Okay. Whereas the smart camera has the processing built in inside the camera body, has uh, all the decision-making and everything. Uh, you can place regions of interest. You can say, hey, if, if, if the max temperature in this region gets too hot, um, you know, give me that alarm and all those kind of things. So it's, it's, um, it's a, a smart sensor is often being used um, in the industry uh, smart camera, smart sensor, you know, and that's the same kind of concept applies here to, to thermal imaging as well. Okay, gotcha. Now, of those two flavors, if you will, of cameras, how, where does the I.O. device come into play? Which, 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 can you use an I.O. device with both? Or you, is it just... You can, with a little caveat, right? So if you have okay. a streaming camera... And you're bringing it back and you have that, that software piece that's now talking to the camera and making the decision. If that software piece now has the ability to talk on the other side, maybe also over Ethernet or some other interface um, to an I.O. device, then it can perform that same function, right? So that's a possibility. Okay. But you need to have a piece of software running on a PC that can also support an I.O. device to to get that functionality going. So I Whereas need something the, in between, yeah. it sounds like. The I.O. Right. device and, and the camera. Okay. Yeah. And the smart camera um, can typically directly talk to an I.O. device without a PC and software in between, right? So you're saving yourself complexity <laughs> um, and you have a smart camera that can make decisions, right? So smart cameras are really good or smart thermal cameras, therefore, are really good at simpler sort of applications where you can just say, look over here, if something gets too warm, then give me an alarm or something like this, right? Smart cameras are not so good for more complex tasks, right? Um, such as, um, you know, certain applications where you have to make more complex decisions rather than just looking at an area and saying, is this hot or cold or, or something like this? If you have to track an object and then you have to make a decision and so when it gets into that kind of a thing, then that, that's over uh, above what the, a smart camera is intended to do. Okay. Right? Okay. Well, this 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 actually leads me to my next question because you were you and I were actually talking before the podcast, and and we were talking about the role of a PLC, and for the let's say for the very brand new thermographer, maybe you can describe. Uh, what first of all, what is a PLC? But what role does it play in this whole automation scheme of things? Uh, when it comes to camera, IO device, PLC, at a very basic level for folks, for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll try what to role? keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, my good man. <laughs> so, um, PLC stands for Programmable Logic Controller, right? So, these are embedded computers that run an application-specific software that can be programmed, logic, right? Okay. That can make decisions. And it, it, a PLC is really an I.O. device. It has inputs and it has outputs. And in between, you have a piece of software running um, that makes decisions based on the state of the inputs to turn outputs on and off. Okay. So in, in the simplest form. And these PLCs are omnipresent. They're, they're being used in pretty much any industrial automation sort of an application, machine controls and all those kind of things. Um, you know, and you can, you can add um, a user interface or a HMI, human machine interface to it to display some of this data or the logic or 
parts of the machines or whatever you would like. Um, but it requires it requires a PLC programmer to go in there um, and actually program that logic in, right? So some folks already have an existing PLC, and if they're now adding a thermal camera, let's say a smart thermal camera here uh, to the mix, they they may have the ability to integrate that as an additional sensor, as an additional input device to the PLC now, and say, okay, if there's a temperature alarm on the camera, I'm going to be turning this relay on over there or I'm gonna turn my process off over here, whatever the case may be, right? Okay. So, so that's what PLCs are for. And how, how might that PLC differ? I'm leading up to something. We mentioned this in the, in the intro and that is the Mio. We'll yeah. get to that, but you know, very basic IO device, how would that differ from a, from a PLC? So there's simpler IO devices than, um, a PLC, yeah, right. So th there's certain I/O devices that you can configure. I mean, if you have a timing relay, that you say, hey, if 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 you have if you close this switch, and then you wait 10 seconds, and then you and then the timing relay closes another thing, or or turns a relay on, or whatever happens after, that is a the, the most simplest I/O device, right? So they have a, just a little delay timing circuit in between, kind of a thing, right? So you can do simpler tasks with it, right? A, a PLC gives you the flexibility of changing the logic around. The, the, mm. the origin of a PLC was really, back in the days, all this logic was hardwired literally physically in a switching cabinet. So you had a bunch of relays and, and, and people were literally wiring these logical items and, and, and delay timers and everything physically in as physical components. And if something changed, they had to rewire physically things. So the idea was brought up to to use a PLC to just in software change things and really just have sensory input and actuator output and in between lives the software that you can now easily change around, right? So it, it saved a lot of components on one on one hand and on the other hand, it saved a lot of time of not having to, to rewire everything if something changes, right? So that's kind of hmm. the origin of a PLC, really how that came to life. Okay, okay. Well, let's... Let, let's 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 transition and talk a little bit about the Mio, and and we've covered this in previous podcasts. Uh, the history of of Movitherm. I mean, you've been in this for well, actually, this year is the twenty fifth anniversary, twenty five years of, right. of 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 being in business and running. So, congratulations, Marcus. First of all, thank and, you, and to the to the team at Movitherm. That's outstanding. Um, but, uh, during that, that, that time, uh, you, you know, uh, in, in solving, you know, problems, utilizing imaging technologies through automation and monitoring type things or type, uh, scenarios, um, you Movitherm it, it developed an IO device right. and, and I, I was hoping you could share with the audience a, a little history behind that. Maybe, maybe why, uh, yeah. Why? I mean, were you bored? I mean, why? No. Why did you develop this? And 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 then maybe bring us up to date on a a, a very recent uh, release that uh, that 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 you made here at Movitherm. So could could you do yeah, that? Absolutely. Kind of take I, us back in time and. <laughs> yeah. Before I go in, in, in onto history lane here, I, I, when we released the Mio, a lot of people were actually confused about it. 
And then it took them a, a little bit to catch on and like, oh yeah, this makes actually a lot of sense because we 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 took, um, you know, what what we just talked about the tr traditional realm of of an I/O device. We we took this and made it an application specific device that didn't exist before. So, um, and that became the Mio. Let 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 me back off on, uh, in history here. So. It came out of a need of, of being a systems integrator. And every time we had to do a, a thermal imaging monitoring system, we, we had, again, in the beginning, there weren't any smart cameras in the thermal field. So we had the streaming cameras that we mentioned before. We would write then the software based on the customer's needs. And we would plug in additional IO devices as needed to, to turn relays on and off, right? To make these decisions automatically. <laughs> and every time, you know, like like the example I gave with the switching cabinet, every time you created something, the next customer had different needs, right? And we had to redo software, we had to redo our IO devices and rewire the switching cabinet and all do all those kind of things. And and that got a little old after a while. And and the customers didn't want to really pay for um that that extra labor that went in every time to modify a lot of things, right? Um so I, I looked at this stuff and like I often do, and I'm like, this, there's gotta be a better way to do this, right? And then we're like, well, the smart cameras came along uh, around that time as well. And we're like, well, why don't we just use a PLC? But then I was like, okay, well, the PLC doesn't really have an HMI typically with it, unless you put one on it, but then, then you know better off, then you're writing software for the PLC that you have to change. You have to have the knowledge of changing the software so you can't, most customers may not have that ability. Mm. And then you have to design a graphical user interface on a PC. How is that any different than writing software on a PC? It, it isn't really, right? And it, it doesn't solve the problem. We wanted something simpler. We wanted something more cost-effective. Like why do we have to reinvent the wheel like with, with every application that we're doing all the time? Like it wasn't, it wasn't scalable. It didn't, didn't really address the issue. And then I started thinking about it and I said, well, what do we really need? Most monitoring applications need a camera or multiple cameras on one hand, on one hand. and that, that problem was already there. I mean, it was already solved with the number of cameras available. And then you need some sort of a logic to make a decision. And then you need an IO device that, that now gives you the ability to turn on an alarm. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. Um, so then I sat down, I'm like, and, and light bulbs went off and like, why don't we make it application specific? So I designed a little embedded controller that talks, that understands thermal cameras and it can talk to the camera. So if you're creating a region of interest in the camera, I can read that in, in the Mio device and you have um, a, a web-based graphical user interface. So all you need is, is a web browser to talk to the Mio. So there's no additional HMI or monitor or anything needed. You go in, type in the web address, the, the IP address of the device. The user interface comes up and you can say, okay, camera one, you just type in the IP address um, of the camera. And then you have a little pull down that says, okay, you have configured three regions of interest. Take the first one, say, if this region's max temperature is higher than X, turn output one on. You know, and I'm like, why can it be that simple? Why do I have to have a computer science background to do any of this? <laughs> like, it, it's got to be like a non-technical person should be able to just do this, right? So I challenged my team. Like, I mean, I, I designed this with a team and I said, it needs to be as simple as 
an app on your phone. It needs to be like somebody that's a non-programmer needs to be able to hook up multiple cameras in within a few minutes is monitoring and the whole system is done. And I got a lot of blank stares when I said that as a challenge. And I says, that's how good it needs to be. And and then we we went to work at it and we actually managed to do that, right? So now we have the, the Mio that we released several years ago and it can literally do this. You can You can literally talk to one or many cameras and with two or three mouse clicks, you're up and running and you have a complete monitoring system, no software to develop. You don't even need a systems integrator if, if you know a few things to you know wire a couple of things up. Uh, you can put this thing in your switching cabinet. It, it sits on the network and you're off and running, you know, and it's beautiful. It's it's it, it has reduced the cost. It has reduced the complexity. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, pretty much a self-install situation. You don't have to fly an engineer out to install. Hmm. So, you know, we, we solved a lot of tough challenges with that little box, right? Yeah. And... Well, one of the challenges you described earlier, and it's and it's great that some cameras, smart cameras, have I/O capabilities built on them. But like you were saying, if if the the switch uh, or relay is a thousand feet away, you're running cable forever just to get to that point. Uh, describe how you solved that with Mio. I know how you solved it. Tell our listeners how <laughs> how you solved that with Mio. Yeah, so since most of these cameras are kind of like IP cameras or like, you know, surveillance cameras in, in a sense, so that they are using Ethernet communication and the customer typically has an existing infrastructure, um, we said, well, this IO device should also be capable of existing on that same network, right? So it's an actually a networkable device with an Ethernet port on it. So you can just plug it into the same network as the cameras are operating on and they can talk to each other. And you can cascade things if you, you know, the, the larger Mio uh, can, can support up to seven cameras. If you have more than seven cameras, you can just simply plug in a second one and a third one and a fourth one. You can, you can scale it up as to a thousand cameras if you want to. It's not a problem. Um, and then you can place the device where you actually need to switch something. So it could be in your control room because you want a light to come on or something like this, right? So you, you can place that anywhere on the network and it gives you the flexibility to move this thing around anywhere you want. And you actually get the output where you need it and you don't, you don't have it somewhere in your uh, you know, outdoor facility where, where it's like, okay, that's great. That, that, that's the camera out there, but I really want to do something over here if the camera tells me to do something, right? Yeah, I, I have to admit, I, I didn't really appreciate that very what seems to be a very basic and simple feature of the Mio uh, initially as much as I do now, which is it, it simplifies things dramatically. I, I I was under the impression, I think a lot of folks are, that oh the cameras connect directly to the Mio device. So they you know they have to be not line of sight, but cabled directly to it. But that that's as you just described, it's not the case. They just have to be on the same network. They can be right. anywhere. They just have right. to be on the same network. So Mio can be <laughs> not even close to where the cameras are. And the cameras can be just as far away, And but as long as they're on the same network, which is, it creates so much flexibility in, right. in, 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 in whatever monitoring uh, solution or, or problem you're trying to solve, which is, which is wonderful. And uh, just so 
our audience is aware, uh, the Mio, uh, it, it does, it comes in different flavors. Uh, you mentioned the one that seven cameras, which is great. You need more, you can add to that, but you also have one for just a single camera, if I'm not mistaken, the just right. a simple IO device, one camera, one IO device, put that anywhere you want. Yep. It, it has, you know, it has limited output capabilities. It has two digital outs that are 24 volts industrially rated. They're also protected, uh, like like proper standard, um, you know, industrial equipment should be. In in addition to the digital outs, that they're basically just on off. You can also you tap into two analog outputs, which are four to 20 milliamps, right? So that allows you to scale the temperature that the camera is reading in real time and output them as four to 20 milliamp current loop. And that's a very typical interface used uh, still today in, in industrial environments. Um, and it's current driven, so it allows you to run, again, thousands of feet of cable if you need to, uh, but this time without major losses because it's the circuit inside adjusts for the resistance for the losses in the cable mm. and keeps that uh, within reason, but it keeps that the same. And it's used in a lot of uh, process control applications, you know, for sensors and actuators. So um, two, two, two digital IOs on the, on the, on the Mio one mm -hmm. that supports a single camera. How many IO uh, uh, outputs off of the, uh, uh, the, I think it's the Mio seven that supports yeah, that seven has, cameras. Yeah. That one has eight outputs, eight digital eight outs outputs. and eight and eight four to 20 milliamp current loops. Wow, all in one device. Yeah, and you can That's mix amazing. and mingle them. You can say, I, I need one digital for this, I need two for this camera, I need, you know, it, it mix and match them. You can you can do this in any which way you want, you know. Okay, now, um, I mentioned uh, previously that you, MobiTherm just made a major announcement, uh, I think just a couple of weeks ago, maybe even just last week about the Mio. Uh, uh, next generation. Um, t t tell us about that, Marcus. Yeah. So it, it um, again, it's, it's our th thriving, or us thriving for um, making things easier and simpler, right? So when we first released the Mio, it was a camera specific uh, device. So there was a particular FLIR camera, let's say the FLIR AX8, and it had the Mio AX8 paired up as the designated IO device, right? And the FLIR A310 had the Mio A310. So it was always camera specific. Now we were able to, based on customer feedback, like they were telling us, well, why can't we not just buy one Mio, like the buy one fits all argument. Mm. And we have now improved it so that we actually do have that device. And that is our Mio Max that is now compatible with all new FLIR A-series cameras in the smart configuration, not the streamers, because it, on the streaming side, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so it's the smart camera. So it's the, the FLIR A50, A70, A400, 500, and 700, and the AX8, essentially. So you can choose from all of these flavors and hook them all up to the same Mio Max box, whether it's the smaller one that supports one camera or the larger one that supports up to seven, but you can even mix and mingle. You can say, I have two AX8s and, and two A50 smarts. You can put them on the same Mio now. Um, and it's all the same box. And it's also, we were able with all of that to reduce the price of that Mio box even further to make it uh, even more attractive. Brilliant. That's wonderful, Marcus. So I love that ability to mix and match. 
So if, 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 if there's a listener out there currently that has a collection of FLIR cameras, AX, AX8, uh, A50, A70, uh, what, 400, uh, 500, 700s, and, and, and needs to mix and match to, 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 do, to create a monitoring solution, Mio Max sounds right. like your solution to easily, easily do that. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that, uh, on that release, on that launch. Um, I know there's, uh, I don't want to say a ton, but a lot of information out there on, on Mio training content and, um, supporting documentation. Somebody wants to learn about the Mio IO device. Where, where should they go, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, right on our website at, at movitherm.com. Um, and then there's a knowledge base section. We have a lot of uh, content in there. We will keep adding more content uh, to it. There's also obviously the product section that describes in detail what the Mio is and the Mio Max specifically. We have some more videos coming out. And of course, you can call us at any moment if you guys have any sort of questions, you know, whether it, it does something or it doesn't do something. Uh, you know, by any means, just just give us a call. We'd be more than happy to to explain it. And yeah, and we have plenty of these uh, on the shelf now, even which is which is uh, fantastic because we did have <laughs> after the whole COVID mess, we did have supply chain issues that really uh, it caused some grief there because uh, there are certain computer chips that were just not available and they were so backlogged that we we just couldn't couldn't get them. And now we, we made a big batch and we bought some extra of those chips just to make sure we have plenty of extra around. Excellent. Yeah. And if you want it, I I've even seen uh, most recently, um, uh, I think it was Michael at MobiTherm who did a, a demonstration for some of the Mino Mio there. He has a demo box and took us through and educated a, a team, uh, uh, on the capability. So if you want to see one in operation and see how it works, reach out to reach out to them, the Movi team as well. And, and they, they can help answer any questions and show you how the device works. Uh, this, this kind of wraps up our podcast for day, but, 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 but it's not going to end just here. Um, there's other devices out there that can be utilized to connect thermal imaging cameras, infrared cameras. And uh, you may have heard the terminology like gateways, uh, intelligent gateways. And this is something that uh, that we want to address and help you, our audience, understand the, the difference between, you know, uh, an, an input output device like the Mio versus uh, a gateway device. What's What's the difference? When would you use one over the other? So, in our next episode of the Thermal Review, that's what we're going to be diving into. We'll be diving into a little more uh, of what intelligent gateways are, the different kinds that are available, and, and how they differ from uh, input-output devices like the Mio. And that's all in the spirit, again, of making our audience dangerous. <laughs> uh, so, um, Marcus, any, any parting comments to, to our audience before we wrap up today? Yeah, I'm just, again, super excited um, that we have the Mio. The Mio is back, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, in, in, in a much more powerful sort of a way. And, and I'm excited, um, you know, hopefully hopefully people appreciate out there to you know, how easy that, that makes their life and, 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 you know, hopefully helps them 
save some money on 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 their monitoring solutions and uh, you know I'm, i can't wait to learn um more about what folks are doing out there we we really mm -hmm. get um a lot of insights i mean people are buying this stuff and we have some conversations sometimes but for the most part which i guess speaks to the reliability of that uh, of that product but we we rarely get feedback in terms of uh, w what are you guys doing like let us know you know let us know what you guys are doing what kind of problems you're solving with this stuff you maybe we can invite you to a podcast and you can tell a story of how you used Mio and and uh, how it health how it has um, helped solve your your problems you know that that would be fantastic that's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. And I think you're right. I mean, yeah, we, we'd like to hear more more feedback and response, but uh, sounds like Mio's are, are running perfectly. And they're running worldwide. Uh, right. They're all over uh, in operation. Well, thank you again, Marcus. Uh, as we... Uh, as we conclude this episode of the Thermal View Review, we hope that uh, you've gained uh, our audience valuable insights uh, into the pivotal role of input-output or I.O. devices in uh, regards to thermal imaging technology. And whether you're a seasoned professional or a curious enthusiast, uh, we always encourage you to continue exploring the possibilities unlocked by these amazing and innovative devices. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe uh, for more uh, captivating discussions on thermal imaging technology, thermography. And as always, feel free to reach out with any questions or, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. And until next time, stay, stay curious, stay informed, and uh, keep pushing the boundaries of thermal imaging technology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.